0: ladies and gentlemen this is a public service announcement For regular viewers and listeners of awi pod please do not be offended as this program contains good wrestling it's my
1: life in the box
2: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the 27th edition of War into Attitude. I am your host, Brent Piles. And with me, as always, as I war through the attitude of the year 1997, the WF. He is from the uh, across the ocean and from the future. Here's the ballroom brawling, disco dancing, dynamite, trenchant, intercontinental, playboy. Folks, he's more over than Jerry Roller is in Evansville, Indiana. Probably not, but still. Yeah. <laughs> At G. Russell, not Glenn Abbott. Glenn, how you doing?
0: Probably not. I'm I'm doing well, thank God. Um, yes, yeah, wasn't he over in this one?
2: I was going to say, you'll learn as we go into this episode where I get that from. But yeah, I, Jerry Lawless is very over in Evansville.
0: <laughs>
2: Which I guess that was an old stomping grounds of the USWA slash uh, Continental Wrestling Association. And that's why he's so beloved in the Evansville, Indiana area.
0: It must be because Jesus.
2: (laughs) Yeah. To say that I was surprised during that match would be an understatement.
0: (laughs) Basically. Had
2: to go at everybody.
0: (laughs) And and still they loved
2: him. Yeah. Yeah. They still didn't give a shit. They didn't give a damn what he said bad about them. They still loved him. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's usually, the point where I like we talk about um sports actually, usually, we talk about a little bit of sporting action before we get into everything here. And um, our team managed to pick up uh three points this weekend, didn't they, Glenn? They certainly did.
0: It should have been two 0 It's one of the ex referees that studies all the var and everything that basically said that uh, the goal should. If, if the goal had stood, Everton couldn't have had any complaints. Uh, <coughs> so it should have been 2-0. But like I said, we got away with one with Manchester United. So it swings and roundabouts. And they still won. So.
2: Yeah, they, yeah, they still managed to put it away uh, in the end.
0: I've uh, never realized that. It's the first time in eight seasons that they've actually beat Everton in Everton. Really? Yeah.
2: Well, I suppose when they played Everton last year, it probably was at you know um, Arsenal's stadium. Well,
0: every time, every time they play them at the Emirates or when they used to play them at Highbury, they'd beat them three or four nil, no problem.
2: But you just had problems beating them there. (laughs) Because, like Everton's, like they're a. They're a decent team, but they're they not usually one of the top-tier teams. They're usually like middle of the pack, aren't they? Yeah, they're, not, yeah, they're normally
0: mid, what, they, what we call mid-table, mid-table mediocrity. But the last couple of seasons, they've barely been struggling and stayed up in the in the premiership by the skin of their teeth.
2: Yeah, they barely stayed up last season, right? And this season's not looking very good for them either. So
0: No, um,
2: <laughs> a start without a win, not a good start. Definitely. And so then we also got the Champions League, which is kicking off on Wednesday, I believe, correct? It kicks off
0: tomorrow, strictly, but for Arsenal, it kicks off on Wednesday, yeah.
2: And of course, they play at 2 o'clock, which is right around my pickup, my son from school period, so I may miss it.
0: Yes, of course it would be.
2: But the good thing is, they have all of the uh, Champions League games on the Peacock, I'm not Peacock, on Paramount Plus Uh app here in the States. And so I will still be able to go back and watch it later, provided that I can stay away from any spoilers. Right. Oh, that's good thing. Maybe, Glenn. Maybe. <laughs> the likelihood of me venturing not seeing spoilers isn't very good.
0: Just stay off the X. I have to avoid spoilers.
2: Well, I started following the, the the Arsenal accounts on Twitter, too. And maybe, I mean, not Twitter, on Instagram, too. So maybe yeah. that's where I might see it. So maybe I should mute those.
0: No, well, they don't. With that, they don't sort of do things instantly. You might find out two hours late later that they've scored a
2: goal. Oh, okay. So okay.
0: You don't need to worry about that too much.
2: Okay, okay. I've been kind of staying off the X already, so that shouldn't be too hard for me. That shouldn't be too much.
0: Yeah. With Instagram, it's like the also account on Instagram We're just putting up pictures from yesterday's game today.
2: Oh, uh, okay. Well, then, then I should be okay then. Glenn. Yeah,
0: you don't exactly get it
2: live. I should be okay then. Well, I do, I certainly don't want to talk about the NFL, so we're going to skip that subject. Um,
0: England won in the Rugby World Cup again.
2: Against J- Japan. Japan?
0: Yes, yeah, beat Japan. That's Argentina and Japan have seen off now, which is a, a miracle in itself.
2: I, I mean is is um is uh cricket a big game over in um Argentina? Rugby. That's no. what I meant. I don't know why I said cricket. Rugby, I guess, yeah. Yeah.
0: Rugby is, yes. It's their second Is their second sport to soccer.
2: That makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know why I was thinking cricket and I was thinking I don't feel like they played a lot of cricket in Argentina, but yeah, rugby sounds more up their alley. <laughs> Rugby definitely sounds more up their alley. All right, well, since we're not going to talk about football, we we covered as much rugby as I'm ever going to understand. We're going to review this episode of Monday Night Raw that (laughs) emanated on May the twenty sixth, nineteen ninety seven, which was my thirteenth birthday, Glenn. I turned thirteen years old. I became a teenager on this day.
0: Happy birthday to you.
2: I'd be 13. Yeah, I had a hell of a birthday present at the end of this show. That was for sure. We'll talk about what happened in the main event. But I was very excited about that Yeah, as a newly formed teenager um, in the world. We are at the Roberts Municipal Stadium uh, in Evansville, Indiana. This building has only ever held superstar tapings and a couple of Raws. And the very last wrestling show that I had at this arena Was a WCW Thunder in January of 2000, Glenn? And Glenn, we might have a look at this episode of Thunder someday because the main event sees our old pal Psycho Sid, the man of the millennium at this time, Sid Vicious, teaming with old baked potato face himself, Lex Luger, to battle Harlem Heat 2000, which is Booker T and Big T. Do you know who Big T is? No. I'm gonna give you a hint glenn he wrestles with a whole lot of fucking knee pads all over his legs i can't think who you're is going down glenn you're going down who do you think it is if I, if I said you're going down a bunch of times
0: i still don't know i'll, I'll it's give
2: Ahmed it i'm of course is, big. is it oh right yeah so, <laughs> that, that was the main event of that show so i'm sure at one point that sounds right up our alley pal so <laughs> This building was also torn down in 2013, so you can't go see anything at this fucking show, not <laughs> even Jerry the King of Aller match, because this shit's gone. So. Oh, well.
0: <laughs> I'm not surprised. They probably <laughs> fumigated as many times as they could and they decided they had to burn it down.
2: They said forget it, yeah. <laughs> they said forget it. Uh, So tonight's a big night because we're going to get a tag team title match in the main event. It is Stone Cold Steve Austin teaming with his very best friend in the entire world. They really get along well. Shawn Michaels uh, to take on Owen Hart and the British Bulldog for the tag team titles. And we're going to find out the Undertaker's secret or he's going to get back with Paul Bear. One or the other is going to happen.
0: Yeah, well, we know what happens.
2: A lot's going down here on May 20th. It certainly is. It certainly is. Of course, we start the show uh, with Austin hitting the ring, and then he's immediately followed by Stone by uh, Shawn Michaels. And we're going to take a drink every single time that they mention to us that Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels are reluctant tag team partners, because they mention it a lot. We're going to drink water, because it's... One o'clock in the afternoon, my time. If you're out there drinking a beer, Rob, I'm talking to you. Go ahead and have a swig. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they argue a little bit back and forth about who's the captain of the team. And then they both agree that tonight they are going to come together to kick the heart's asses and take the tag team titles. LOD then comes down to the ring as they want their title shot if Austin and, and, and Shawn Michaels win. Because I think they already have a title match lined up at King of the Ring, don't they? They do. And, of course, Shawn Michaels says that's fine, but Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't look too thrilled about the prospect of the idea. Um, (laughs) Well, me, would I be? Yeah, no. I'd be like, you you can agree to fight them motherfuckers yourself, but don't throw me into this. (laughs) (laughs) And then the hearts come down to the ring, Glenn, and Bret Hart is without crutches and without a wheelchair. So that's something. Yeah. He's magically healed, Glenn. Well,
0: we knew that.
2: Must have been the healing powers of the uh, Evansville, Indiana faithful. Must have been. Yeah, it must have been. And so then, like they uh, they get into like a little bit of a back and forth fight, and then all uh, like Austin is fighting with Neidhart outside the ring. Shawn Michaels tries to do like a bait. Oh no, it happens after the match, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. So this all has. So they go to break and they come back and basically, um, Jim Neidhart and Pillman are going to be taking on uh, the Legion of Doom in a tag team match yeah hence the reason that they were all out there right otherwise it would have been a waste of time while they all came out there because it was yeah. like they were all out there and then like their music hit and then like the referees came out there and made them go back to the back and then yeah. we came back from a commercial and their music hit and they came out again i was like well what did they leave for yeah that's exactly <laughs> well what they leave for
0: uh, just so they can have an entrance yeah, I
2: guess. Um, so this is actually Pillman's first match in, in well over a year after coming back from his ankle injury. Of course, Jim Ross tells us all about how Jim Neidhart went to the UCLA and he was on the track and field team. He did the shot put. Um, I heard a hilarious story about Jim Neidhart in college where they were staying in a hotel overnight. He got himself all jacked up on amphetamines and he used the sheets in his hotel room to fa- to like fashion a rope. And then he strapped a uh, a fire extinguisher to his back and then used said rope to swing from one balcony to the other uh, in the hotel. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I hope it is.
0: Yes.
2: I like the idea of having a fire extinguisher strapped to his back as well. <laughs> Yeah, at that point, like I, I guess maybe for effect to make it look like you were yeah. like like smoke was bellowing out of you as you were flying, yeah. but otherwise, I don't know what the reason for that would be.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I
2: wonder like what he used to strap into his back with. Did he tie it with more bed sheets? Oh, I mean, that belts or whatever. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yes. Who fucking knows? The same belt he was using to tie off his arms to shoot the amphetamines into his veins, probably.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> probably what happened. So yeah, uh, I don't know. A back and forth match here. Not a whole lot to note. Um... Yeah, I don't know. This match wasn't really anything. You have any notes on the match?
0: Not really. This is just a typical uh, Pillman and a Neidhart. An Animal and Hulk, and Animal and Hulk not selling it.
2: Yeah, basically. When Glenn subbed up this match in that, that sentence just right there. Um, LOD looks like they're going to hit their finisher, but of course Owen Hart and Bulldog hit the ring, and they start beating up LOD. Then that brings Austin and Michael's back out to clear the ring. Neidhart and Austin are fighting on the outside. This is when Shawn Michaels tries to do like a baseball slide to Neidhart, but he misses and hits Austin instead. And then of course, they start fighting each other. Um, and then it takes a whole mess of people to uh to get them apart. My 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 funny favorite part about this is the entire time all this is happening, the crowd is just chanting LOD. They
0: should have just had the Brawl and not bothered with the match. It would have suited Brian Pillman a lot more if they just brawled for ten minutes.
2: Yeah. It didn't do it certainly didn't do them any favors. And this being his first match back, you'd think they want to give him a little bit more, you know.
0: Well, yeah, but you're not going to get it from LOD, are you? It's exactly that. You know, Somebody has been out for a year. The first match back, it should be against LOD. They're not going to sell anything.
2: Yeah, no, definitely not. Definitely not. He drew the short end of the stick on that one. Um, and then we got another one of these. Uh... Right of the show. Sonny Squirts. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, don't Google that. <laughs> Please don't. You, know, you yes, don't you don't want not. to know what rock you will uncover. <laughs> There's
0: nothing stuff out there with her, I'll tell you.
2: So this time she's she, her victim is the honky tonk man, she sprays with the super soaker this time. So for once
0: she's the hero of the out the hour. So we only get the honky tonk man for a couple of seconds and she's covered in with water. Excellent. Yeah,
2: for, for the one time Sonny has done something positive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Finally. We're going I, to give her a sliver of credit. Yeah. The, and
0: the little bit with uh, this JR or the kid going through the scripts.
2: And it's like look
0: Who's that like a hokey tote man washing down the corridor. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, we didn't see Paul Bear and he's like looking at his watch, indicating that. You know, the clock is ticking for The Undertaker. And because, Glenn, we're wrestling fans and we can't remember shit, we got to have an update of what just happened four minutes ago between Stone Cold yeah. C. Watson and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. The Super Soda. Oh, no, that wasn't the Super Soda
0: Rewind. That comes in a little bit. But, yeah, that's- there's so much of that in these shows. Yeah. Where they think that we're goldfish. I can't remember what happened two minutes earlier.
2: And in fairness, they still do it to this day. Something will happen in the opening segment. They'll go to commercial, they'll come back, and they'll show me exactly what I just saw.
0: Yeah. The thing with Paul Bearer here as well is, A, he's back to only not having the full mummy mask, just the padding down the side. But it's still the same padding with still the same mark on it. You would have thought it would have healed a bit by now.
2: Yeah, it looks like he was spilling coffee on it or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Can't yeah. find his mouth.
2: Like, if it's still got <laughs> shit coming out of it, Paul Bear. It's been like two months. Or something. This yeah. is probably you should probably go see a doctor. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: right. It's probably why his hair's gone brown as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, because he's got Marsa. Oh, yeah. So they let us know that the King will be taking on Goldust in a King of the Ring first round matchup. And just because I wanted to know, Glenn, I went back and looked at the match listings for Jerry the King Lawler in 1997, just to see how many te- how many television matches he had had on WWF TV that would warrant him to be in the fucking King of the Ring tournament. And Glenn, do you want to guess how many matches he's had on WWF TV this year in 1997? One. The only. TV participation that he had in a match this year was the 4 seconds that he was in the Royal Rumble that's it all right okay well, that justifies it then so he should absolutely be qualified for the King of the Ring tournament right yeah of course yeah that makes perfect fucking sense to me <laughs> this
0: this this roster we don't realize it we never realize it so but this roster is really shallow isn't it really
2: it really is, because if you think about it, we don't see very many new faces. It's mostly the same people every single week.
0: Yeah, and it's always the same matchups every single week.
2: Yep, it's always a lot of the same finishes every single week. Yeah, yeah they uh,
0: were lucky, they were lucky this week. They got lucky that Jim Nighart and Brian Pillman have come back to help out Bret Hart. That they yeah. actually were able to throw together a different tag team to come up against LOD. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they were running out of bodies.
0: <laughs> and then of course well we'll get to it in a bit, but they 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 compensate the headbangers later on. Oh not- yeah. Against LOD.
2: We then hear some more from Paul Bear. You know, he's kind of going over, you know, the time has come, dead man, and I'm going to release the secret that's been burning inside of me for as long as my burning desires have been deferred. And then after that, I'm going to go to the doctor because there's something wrong with my wings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he doesn't sound like that anymore. He, he made a point that he doesn't sound like that anymore. He doesn't look like that. And he doesn't sound like that. They've burnt, like, yeah. they burnt all the black out of his hair. they burnt all the white off. He, well, he's got a tan now because they burnt all the white off of his face.
2: Just what he needed
0: was a tan, yeah. anyway. Mm. Anyway, uh, next we get Dido Brown's in ring debut after weeks and weeks and weeks of standing around and being part of the mob that beat up people for the nation of domination.
2: And so like when he first came out, I was like, oh, he's got like wrestling gear. Because like I didn't think nothing of it. I thought obviously it's going to be crush Savio, right? That's what I'm thinking. And that's well, what it always is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what it always is. But then would, they're like, oh D Lo Brown I'm like, oh holy shit, we're gonna get D debut match. That's pretty fucking cool. Mm. Um so Bob Holly um is going to be the opponent for old D okay. Brown. Bob Holly who just came off his big win against Owen Hart last week, and now he's going to be stuck in this match with Um, D-Lo.
0: They get beaten up by the Legion of Doom. Not Legion of Doom, the uh, Nation of Domination.
1: Yeah.
2: Just waiting. after last week, Bob would be looking for a little revenge on the Hearts because they kicked his ass, but I I guess
0: not. No, let's go for the other big faction, shall we?
2: Yeah, Bob I want a f- I want at least six guys to beat me up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had four last week. I'll have six this week. <laughs> yeah, why not? I, I, I like to get beat up. Sure. Uh, <laughs> fruit gets on the commentary team, um, and he also sends the rest of the nation back to the back. So, Christian hey. Salvia, he says, "Get out of here, you losers!" You can definitely sense some tension amongst those guys now.
0: Yeah, well, fruit can't help it um i'm not gonna go into what he said it made me feel that uncomfortable that i muted it and just watched the match without commentary
2: yeah so my notes on this was like d is a decent match but nobody cared including commentary the fans didn't care nobody gave a shit um dilo brown gets his first win using the like a sit-down power bomb um i think that dilo guy's got something glenn how about you
0: Yeah. I'll be amazed if he keeps that finisher though.
2: Perhaps a, a frog a frog splash or something might do the job better. A frog splash might suit him. I think you're right. I think you should get a vest first. He should get a vest to protect his start oh, yeah. for many months, and then you should start doing a frog splash. Mm-hmm. I also noticed that like a fan in the crowd has had a sign that said "Bret Hart sucks." And how come after all the years that re- that wrestling fans have seen the name Bret Hart spelled can we not get it right? There's only one fucking T in Bret Hart. It's not two T's. It's just one. What's wrong with you people?
0: <laughs> uh, that was that was only shit that, that was deliberately done. So they knew that it wasn't part of his family that was saying that.
2: I guess I guess so. I guess so, but yeah. I, every time I see a art sign in the '90s, it always has two T's, It's like, it's no, goddamn it, there's only one T. We didn't hear from the Undertaker, and I used and the term to kind of hear from him lightly because we couldn't hear shit.
0: Yeah, we don't hear a thing. <laughs> he just mouths a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, and so then they they kind of cut away, they do something else, but then they come back. To the Undertaker, and they and they ask him about Farouk, and he's like, "Forget about Farouk. I got two weeks to worry about Farouk, but right now I've got one hour to make a decision, a decision that could affect the rest of my life." Mm-hmm. So, very mm-hmm. ominous stuff here. Very ominous stuff. Very ominous. Very very. So then we get an interview with Jerry the King Lawler about Gold Dust. Um, he said he said some things that I will not repeat, and yeah. but then he also said that. Uh, he said things about Dusty Rhodes. He also said some bad things about Gold Dust's wife and Gold Dust's daughter. And then we got an ad uh, trying to sell a King of the Ring inflatable chair, Glenn. And they wanted sixty fucking dollars for this thing. I love the way that they bring out Sable to advertise
0: it to take a, to take away the the shock of it being sixty dollars for an inflatable chair.
2: <laughs> like it better come with it filled with Sable's breath. if it's fucking sixty dollars.
0: <laughs> it better come filled with Sable for $60. Be- That's
2: what I said. I said if it had come with Sable, maybe it'd be worth sixty bucks. But it ain't yeah. worth sixty bucks now.
1: Oh. <laughs> like that's
2: ridiculous in two thousand three, two thousand twenty three prices. I'm like sixty fucking dollars. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <plastic laughs> that you're gonna blow up. Like, I have <laughs> asthma. I came to blow that fucking thing up. Fuck you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, you wouldn't, would you? You wouldn't buy it even now for that sort of money.
2: Hell no. God damn. I was I... so bad, Glenn, about that chair. I was so pissed. i made my living room just pissed about the price of an inflatable chair in 1997.
0: Mind you, you know, I, I, they've always been really expensive with their merch WWF and WWE. The first house show that I went to, they were selling, you know, the foam hands. Yeah. Um, They were like 20 quid, which is about $25 back then. Yeah. yeah, Ridiculous money for a lump of foam.
2: They'd want like $55 for one of those fucking things nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, I went to a wrestling show when I was a kid and I just wanted one of those macho man like do-rag, macho man bandanas that he would wear. Yeah, I think it was like 14 bucks, and we're talking this is like 1991. My dad was like, I don't, I don't even like this little motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did we get our king of the ring qual- our, Sorry, it's king of ring first round matchup between Goldust and Jerry Lawler. As we said, Jerry Lawler has no business being in this tournament, but he's in it. Um, and good lord, the fans loved Jerry Lawler, they were popping for everything he did. I know. <laughs> and he's tried to do everything to create heat before that.
0: He was saying that Goldust's uh, Gold Dust stalker, Dakota should have been called Target.
2: Yeah, because everybody had a chance.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everybody, everybody's had a shot or something. It was yeah, something like that. <laughs> anyway. <Wow. laughs> and they yeah, they're still chilling, cheering him to the rafters.
2: Yeah, no, they did not fucking care. Um, Lala hit a pile driver, but he didn't go for a pin, which was weird. And then Goldust did the exact same. Glenn, if you had to rate those power, if you had to rate those power drivers, who did a better power driver in this match, Lala or Goldust?
0: Oh, it was close. Jerry, when he was back in the day, he had a really good power driver, but by this time, he could barely get anybody up. Yeah, he was sort of just flipping them over and dropping them on their head.
2: And the funny thing is, Jerry Lawler probably two years ago was still giving people power drivers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you have to feel sorry, I don't know who poor old Dustin upset and whether they were taking it out on him that they couldn't get Dusty out of his WCW contract at that time because he did all those things with the, the, uh, the shoot interview. Yeah. And you know, it wasn't that long ago. He was sort of headlining. And now he's up against Jerry Lawler. And having to do a job for him.
2: Yeah. It's... Not only up against Jerry Lawler, but losing to Jerry Lawler. Mm, yeah. And it's like, they were trying to get the sympathy for him with the whole, you know, shoot style interview with his bringing his daughter out and like I realize so the king wins this match he kind of gets gold dust in the corner puts his legs up on the ropes rolls dust and up for rolls gold dust up for a three count but I just don't understand the booking of him as far as what he's no. doing in the ring if you're trying to gain sympathy because you're not gonna get any sympathy for him and this I mean the crowd loved law and give a fuck about gold dust if anything they're killing him hmm. yeah
0: yeah, this was just a disaster. This whole match, and it seemed to go on forever as well.
2: Very slow paced. Yeah. yeah, so like uh, they go to the outside. Marlena ends up smacking the king in the face. Um, that's when King gets in the ring. He takes Goldust down and pens him with his feet on the ropes. And the king's like up on the ramp. Goldust. Chases him down, starts beating him up. The funny, the fun part was when he when he threw him down the ramp, and the king rolled all yeah. the way down the ramp. That was. Pretty it cool. was the best bit of the match. <laughs> and then Marley just walked.
0: <laughs> Mind you, at that time, I bet there would be quite, well, probably still are, quite a few blokes who paid good money to have Terry Runnels stand on them in high heels.
2: Yeah, a lot of weird people out there. <laughs> <laughs> She kind of just steps over the king, putting her heels right into his big fat gut. Um, I don't trust Jerry, the king of all, and I'll tell you why. He's like, I don't trust people who've never, ever, ever had a drink of alcohol. Like, I get, like, you don't like to drink, whatever, but if you've never even tried it, I think you're up to something. Something's up with you. I think you're up to something. I'm not saying everybody has to be an alcoholic, but to say you've never at least took a sip of alcohol you're up to something. Yeah. I don't trust you. Let me just keep talking for a second. It won't be a sec. Okay. You're cool. I'll just hit the pause button. Yes. Okay, okay. All right. Then uh, we go to an interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin. They're asking him about his chances at winning this tag team title with, with uh, Shawn Michaels tonight. And while that's happening, Brian Pillman attacks him from behind. Eventually, Owen Hart and Bulldog join in as they beat Austin up. Some officials finally come in to break them up. Um. And then we go to a commercial break, we come back, and we see Mr. Flash Funk on his way to the ring, but they also show Austin walking into a separate dressing room where it looks like the hearts have also attacked Shawn Michaels, and then, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels and Austin start arguing with each other because that's what you would do if another group of men beat you both up. I'd probably go like, hey, let's go find them, but uh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: they're too busy fighting each other.
2: Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, so it's Rocky Maia makes his way out of the ring. He's going to be taking on Flash Funk. There's a couple of booking decisions on this show that I don't understand, and this is oh. one of them.
0: Well, this is the whole thing, really. And this is another dub.
2: <laughs> just a weird face versus face match. Like, I don't know, yeah. like, why. I just don't get why oh. they even...
0: No. I no. Uh, It just seems like, like I say, it just seems like the the roster is so shallow at the moment. Yeah. Now, I don't know who they're missing. Well, we know they're missing Sid. He's out injured. Um, But who else went over to WCW at that time that they should have held on to?
2: I can't really think of anybody off the top of my head in 97, really. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so we're at face versus face match. The Headbangers uh, make their way through the crowd during this. They've got these fancy King of the Ring chairs that I was talking about They're way overpriced. At least uh, they could afford them. At least they could what?
0: At least they could afford fooled them.
2: Uh, well, you may probably, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they got their 75 bucks for the night, and they decided to buy chairs with them.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they get on commentary, and then so this is all just a bunch of bullshit. I don't understand why any of this happened. Nope. Other than trying to hawk these fucking chairs, I don't know why the headbangers came down here. They actually no, it- tried to just start beating up both guys. They hit Flash Funk in the head with a boom box. <laughs> I don't know why it wasn't a disqualification. I don't know why this whole thing didn't get thrown out.
0: No. Because they had to keep on plugging the chair.
2: I, I fucking guess. Or boomboxes. Are they going to start selling WF boomboxes next to come like with the chair?
0: That wouldn't surprise um,
2: me. Yeah, so then the Rock hits a crossbody block from the top rope for the win. I'm not really sure how, the, like I said, don't know how this was in a DQ. Um, But yeah, Rocky Maivia with a big win here on Monday Night Raw. Yay.
0: <laughs> Flying Body Press of Doom. I'm glad that was a short-lived finisher.
2: Yeah, that's uh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> he should have just used that rock bottom thing he's been doing. He should just go with that. Yeah. Uh, they also let us know that we also be getting part two of the interview with Mankind this evening, so that's something to look forward to. And then we get the Slam of the Week, Glenn. I think it's the Super Soaker Slam of the Week. I love, but luckily, it wasn't something we saw 10 minutes ago, Glenn. It was Brian Pillman beating up some poor jobber. We then hear from Brian Hart about his match with uh, Shawn Michaels at King of the Ring. He basically says, beating Shawn Michaels in 10 minutes won't be a problem. And if he if he, de- if he doesn't, he'll never wrestle in the United States again. And then he tells us that Brian Pillman, and then Pillman gets on the mic, tells us he hates Stokel, Steve Austin. He will take him down at King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Owen Hart and the Bulldog didn't say they're going to take down Austin at HBK tonight because they are too busy fighting with themselves to, either, to be able to wrestle us. So. Austin yeah. and, and HVK should stop beating themselves off. I mean, beating themselves up, then I think. That was
0: I can't understand it. Oh, why did um the heart foundation actually bother beating them up? Just lock the pair of them in a room. They would have done the job for them.
2: Yeah, they got the game fucked up, don't they, Glenn? Yeah. <laughs> They should have locked him in a bathroom. They're very fucking familiar with bathrooms. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, The next match is Vader versus Ahmed Johnson. We also get um, Ken Shamrock on commentary for this thing
0: because the game they got nobody else.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they had to put him somewhere. Um, (laughs) uh, So they also tell us like during this that remember like uh, uh, Vader was supposed to be in the King of the Ring tournament, but he was hurt. And so Triple H took his place, and so now Vader is going to take on Ahmed Johnson. And if Vader beats Ahmed Johnson. Then Vader gets to take Ahmed Johnson's place in the King of the Ring tournament. Apparently, um, yeah, is what happened. I guess um, Ahmed Johnson is still getting a really good reaction from the crowd. Like he does, other, other than Austin, Shawn Michaels, and Jerry fucking Lawler, he got the biggest pop of the night.
1: Hmm.
0: And that's because he's been he, he's he's been a baby face against proper heels all the time. Yeah, I know we 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 went on about how long the the uh, nations feud with him went on, but at least it was gaining sympathy for him, and the crowd behind him.
2: Right. Right. So Ahmed hits a big body slam on Vader early in this thing. They start trading punches in the corner. Vader starts really laying into Ahmed. We didn't see Paul Bear in the back. He's still checking his watch. Glenn's still checking his watch. Um Yeah, you got any notes from this match? It wasn't really all that of anything. It was a pretty short match.
0: Yeah, it was a it, did, it was more of a bitch fight, considering it was those two. It should be two big meaty men slapping meat, but it wasn't.
2: Yeah, it wasn't as uh wasn't as hard hitting as you would expect it to be. No. Ahmed Johnson hits a huge spine buster and gets a three count in the win. Um they're really they're really Barry and Vader at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's right. Because what was the point in that? Yeah. You know, why why I have the stipulation that if he won, he'd get a spot in the King of the Ring tournament where you knew he
2: weren't gonna win. Right. And I thought that like this would be, I thought for sure that Vader would win and get into the tournament. I'm not yeah. sure why, but I just felt like that was going to happen because it made the most sense out of them telling us that whole backstory of it. Like yeah. why do all that and then just have him lose right away? I just I don't understand. They then the promote the WWF Superstar line and they're promoting. They want to. They're going to say why. They're going to tell us why Brian Pillman isn't a full member of the Hart Foundation, even though he's pretty sure he is. Yeah. They're, there are problems within the Nation of Domination and if new members of the Nation of Domination could be on the way, Glenn. So, mm. If you live in 1997, make sure you check out the Superstar line. But get your parents' permission before calling, they always say.
0: Uh, yeah. I wonder who these new members could be.
2: Hmm. I feel like one of them is going to be um, like, a, like a pimp, maybe. One of them might be a pimp. And yeah, then the cool. other one, the other one might might do a frog splash later with a vest on, um, something like that. Who's mm-hmm. daddy? Yeah, maybe maybe something like that. Maybe a guy mm-hmm. whose last name used to be Maya Villa, but not anymore. Um, anyway, uh, we then see more. We hear again from Paul Bearer with just, a, and he said with just a few words he'll do. I like what they did with this. He'll do what no giant could do. I like that because you know, they put yeah. in there to be fought a giant. What no warrior could do, they put that in there because he fought warrior. And what no immortal could do, Hulk Hogan, um, he wanted to bring the Undertaker to his knees and he says, It won't be long. Oh, yes. It won't be long. <laughs> and then, Glenn, for some more puzzling booking, it's we Triple H, Hunter oh, no. and who could he be facing, Glenn, but. Nice!
1: Rockabilly! Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Rockabilly!
2: something we don't want that yes it's no. rockabilly mm-hmm. he's taking on rockabilly why glenn explain to me why we're doing this
0: it's a it's a it fills a spot in the show
2: why didn't rockabilly face a fucking Rocky Maya V and why didn't triple H face Flash Funk that would have made a lot more sense wouldn't it have
0: it certainly would have yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just, I'm like, why? Why Rockabilly? Why is he facing Rockabilly? They also show us videos of Triple H doing rich people shit. And they also remind us of Triple H when, when uh, China made her debut at In Your House Final Four, choking the living fuck out of Marlena. Um, yeah, very puzzling match. And it's crazy to think that these two are going to be in one of the most iconic factions ever within like a year of this together, which is insane. <laughs>
0: Yes, uh, and then we get another ad for the uh, the inflatable king of the ring chair from Sable. Letting let us know that it's not only fifty nine ninety nine, but it's eleven pound shipping as well.
2: <laughs> so, so, so seventy one dollars for you to get a chair that you have to inflate yourself. <laughs> um, let's it. a quick
0: look at the. Uh, Scott's blogger doom notes here and he he, he says it's king of the ring chair that would probably cost you $10 in target.
2: Yeah. You could, you could literally go to the dollar tree, which is a store here where everything is like, yeah. a, like a dollar or $2. Yeah. Piece,
0: lads, yeah. And just
2: write <laughs> king of the ring on it with a fucking marker. If you want. To. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Yeah. They, all, they also talked to the undertaker before they showed Sable uh, doing the chair. Thing, and the Undertaker kind of said um sometimes in life you have to do things you don't want to do he then tells Paul Bear that Paul Bear has to do what he has to do and the Undertaker will do what he has yeah. to do there's some yeah. more yeah. ominous stuff here Um and then Glenn we get some more of this in this fantastic um, Mick Foley um, interview that JR is doing and since it's so good I'm just going to go ahead what are you going to say but
0: everything that was bad about the Dustin Reynolds one, this for Mick Foley was brilliant.
2: Yeah, it was. And so I put, I found it on YouTube, so I'm gonna put it up on the screen, and we're gonna watch. Yeah. It's only about five minutes long. We're gonna just have a look at it here because yeah. this is really, really good shit.
1: You know what I mean? So let's have a look at it here. it was 1983. And upstate New York, with its endless rolling fields, might be a nice place for a lot of boys. But not when Jimmy Snookin and Don Morocco were in a cage in October in Madison Square Garden. That's where I wanted to be. I didn't want to ride horses along a field. I didn't want to fish for trout in a stream. I wanted to be where the blood and guts were, Jimmy. So I put out my thumb, Jimmy. And it took 16 or 17 hours, but I made my way to the Garden. It took just about all the money I had in the world, but I got a front row seat. And I saw the move that would change my life. And Jimmy Snooker came off the top of the cage, and I saw people stand up. And I saw people cheer. And I know I wasn't the only person whose life was changed in that arena.
2: I just want to say they're cheering for a murderer.
1: <laughs> I just that Allegedly. Jimmy, that I okay, wanted yeah, to do you. the same thing. I wanted to hear people cheer for me because of some act of bravery that I committed. I wanted to hear, see people's emotions. I wanted to see children cry out of, out of love for me, the things I could do inside a ring. That's my first time in Madison Square Garden and my parents weren't there. I did it just like I've done just about everything else in my life, all by myself.
2: That's when Mickey Foley developed an alter ego. A superstar with the athleticism
1: of Jimmy Snuka and the sex appeal he so desperately wanted in high school. I made a movie when I was eighteen. Oh boy, about myself. Oh, not that kind of movie. Maybe as a type of escape, <laughs> where I was a wrestler. And it's strange. The first time I ever met Shawn Michaels. You know him? Oh yeah, very well. He looked at my scarred and battered body. He didn't know me, but he knew the legend of who I was before. And he said, is this the way you always envisioned yourself? Looking somewhat down on me. And I said, no, you know, the strange thing is I always imagine myself being you. And he said, you mean the champ? I said, no, I mean the girls. Jewelry. The tattoos. The love. So in my movie... I was not Mick Foley, I sure as hell wasn't mankind, I was dude love. We are going to tear this rotten apple right down to its stinking New York core and while we're here, we're here for only one reason, one reason only, fame, honor, fortune, glory to destruct, to destroy and to take that WWF championship belt that World
2: Wrestling Federation belt. Okay, I want to just say that if I was Mick Foley doing this video, I would have paused it and slapped the fuck out of my annoying ass friend here. Because what is he doing? Johnny, <laughs> trying- will you get the fuck out of here? I'm trying to make my video. Fuck.
0: Looks like a young
2: butch. It does look <laughs> It does look like
1: butch. Sorry.
2: But every time I watch that, it drives me crazy I'm like, fuck this guy, what the fuck is
1: he doing? <laughs> and during the course of the movie Dating back to my experience in Madison Square Garden I decided I was going to do something heroic I was going to do something that make people Cheer for me So I ascended up onto my friend's roof And I dove off Time. love must be 50, 60, 70 feet in the air. Dude, love. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, dude love gave Mick Foley his first break. Chating. He became an underground hip and somehow wound up in the hands of wrestling great Dominic DiNucci. DiNucci admired Mick's guts more than his skill and took him under his wing every weekend. For the next two years, Mick traveled 800 miles round trip, eating
2: and sleeping in the back seat of his 79 Ford Fairmont, still hoping to realize his dream.
1: I knew I wasn't ready to be Dude Love yet. Never wanted to be Cactus Jack. I figured here is a horrible name for a horrible wrestler. And by golly, as soon as I get the, the ability that I'll get that heart-shaped tattoo on my chest. I'll put those earrings in, and I'm going to get the girls. And it never really worked out that way, did it, Jimmy? Not quite. (laughs) I guess nature didn't cooperate with me. Cactus Jack was supposed to be around for three months. He stayed for 11 years. Next week. Mickey Foley becomes Cactus Jack, 11 years in a sadistic subculture of nails, barbed wire, and bombs, a lost soul still searching for a place to belong. And I walked out the first time I saw barbed wire strung up in place of ring ropes. And I said, I'm finally home. (laughs)
0: Excellent.
2: Yeah, that's good shit right there, pal. Um, yeah. Be interesting to hear next week about all the the bar- So, like, watching this as a kid, I knew nothing about barbed wire, rope, missing matches, and exploding ring matches and bomb matches and shit. So when I saw that, I was like, "What?"
0: Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> how? Different- what now? <laughs> He's responsible with that bloody bit. That film, he's responsible for all the assholes that came after backyarding.
2: Yeah, probably. <laughs> Most of them. <laughs> yeah, so uh, looking forward to part three. Really good stuff, part two. I mean, that, that that's probably one of the best like in-depth interview segments in wrestling history. Just so well done. Yeah. So then we get except for the big match of the night, Glenn. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels will battle Owen Hart and the British Bulldog for the tag team titles. Uh, This is actually Shawn Michaels' first match back since he lost his smile, Glenn. So the smile's back and he's okay. We're in a wrestle. Shawn Michaels hits the ring first and then Stone Cold Steve Austin follows him out. I saw a sign in the crowd that said, Shawn Michaels can die. And I thought it was a bit harsh.
0: (laughs) Somebody didn't like him, obviously.
2: <laughs> they hated him. The man must have slept with his girlfriend or something. I don't know. But he didn't like him. He was upset with Shawn Michaels.
0: Um, what do you think about this one, Glenn? Um, it was what it was, it was all it needed to be. It started off as a brawl, which is a good thing, you know. They they intercepted the hearts before mm-hmm. they could get their, their crap in on them. Um There was always that teasing of the uh, animosity between Austin and HBK. Yeah. But it was still a decent match.
2: And I thought Austin and and Shawn Michaels functioned well as a tag team pretty much. And there wasn't a whole lot of animosity of them trying to fight with each other during the match. Um, No. Which I thought was good because I thought that would have been, you know, overkill. It is uh,
0: that thing of the enemy is my, of my enemy is my friend. Right. So, you know, you you think that they'd get on just for that few minutes.
2: Yeah, so they figured out a way. Yeah, I mean, a really good back and forth tag team match. They had, you know, Austin, they were beating down Austin for a little while. He made the hot tag to Shawn Michaels. Michaels comes in, does a lot of cool stuff. They end up cutting Shawn Michaels off. They beat him down for a while. He makes the hot tag back to Austin. Um, I like the finish where it was kind of breaking down. All guy, all the guys are in the yeah. ring. The referee is trying to trying to just separate things. Shawn Michaels, who Shawn Michaels, who isn't the legal man, super kicks Bulldog, who is the legal man, while the referee's not looking. Mm-hmm. Austin pins Bulldog one two three, and we've got new tag team champions. But they don't have time to celebrate, Glenn, because. Well, at least Shawn Michaels doesn't, because the Heart Foundation immediately starts whooping his ass. And Steve Austin, being the good tag team partner that he is, just rolls out of the ring, gets his his tag team belt, and gets the fuck out of there. Um, Not before Steve Bret Hart on the ramp.
0: But did he? Because he attacked Bret Hart, and then the others came to save Bret Hart. Yeah. So he got his licks in and got them off of Shawn at the same time.
2: Yeah, but I don't think that was his
0: plot when he first walked away. (laughs) No, probably not. But I'd like to think that uh, <laughs> it told that story anyway. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so we got new tag team champions, uh, the unlikely pairing of Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels. They are now tag team champions. Um, we then get a little promo from Steve Austin. He, they ask him about how he feels about winning the tag team titles. He's like, oh, I didn't feel great. I'm really glad I was out there. I did it all by myself. Yeah. I didn't need any help. And just as he says that, Shawn Michaels comes storming in. He's like, how come you didn't help me when I was getting my ass kicked? And you, know, you didn't do it all yourself. And blah, blah, blah. We mm-hmm. got a big team match next week too. Because as you know, they'll have to face LOD next week. So yeah, that's kind of what happens there. They start, they start yelling back and forth like an old married couple. That's right. So you
0: have this wonderful match. This should have ended the show. But no, then we go on to Paul Bear and the Undertaker.
2: And like this 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 show is vivid in my memory. I remember watching it. I was at my uncle's house um in Chicago. I remember sitting on the edge of this couch watching it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> because I remember I got like really hyped about something. I'm like 13, so I got really hyped about something. And my aunt going like, "You take this way too seriously." And I remember thinking to her, "What the fuck do you mean take it too seriously?" <laughs> she didn't know me very well. I take everything too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember this. at uh, this whole endless last segment with the Undertaker. I remember that being the main event. I remember the tag team match, and yeah. that was it. I don't remember this at all. I remember no. nothing of it.
0: It's there. Uh, I remembered it, but I didn't know it was at the end. So I remember Paul Vera saying that he was standing over the mist-covered graves, and there were three graves.
2: Yeah, I remember that too, but I don't like you said. I don't remember it main eventing the sh- this show. I don't remember it being the end of the show. So, yeah, Paul comes out there. He's ready to tell the secret or The Undertaker's coming home, I guess. Paul Barrett says he's been more than fair, and it's time for the dead man to make his decision. He talks about how when Brother Love brought him into the World Wrestling Federation, he didn't get him off the street. He had known The Undertaker for years. He had known The Undertaker's family for years. And as Glenn said, he starts talking about how he stood over the graves, but there weren't two graves. There were three graves, and just as he as he says that, the Undertaker's mu- music hits, and the Undertaker walks to the ring the fastest you've ever seen him walk to the ring ever. He marched. Yeah, he did. He then tells Paul Bear that he hates him for what he's done to him, and he hates him for what he's what he's going to make him do tonight. The Undertaker pretty much says, look, I'm going to fucking kill you <laughs> because you're not telling anybody any secret because I'm going to murder you right here, right now. <laughs> and so he grabs the Undertaker by his throat. I mean, grabs Paul Bearer by his throat. He starts choking him, Ledge.
0: Yeah. And
2: then he. He's choking him. But then, ch- then.
0: Sinks to a knee.
2: And that's it. <laughs> and the show goes off the air.
0: Mm-hmm. I've a got very... a read to read this. I've got a read to read this. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Meltzer's explanation of the angle from the Observer that week. Oh boy. It's something to the effect that there were three graves. Actually, Bearer got that far one for his mum, one for his dad, and the other one for him. Apparently, Papa Shango did some kind of voodoo to raise Undertaker from the dead, which will be the story to explain his return as Shango. He's said to have signed a four-year contract and will get a mega push. Shango has been working as a manager in a strip club in Las Vegas for several years. Brian Lee was also considered for this role as a wrestler, not to manage a strip club in Vegas.
2: The only thing correct in that statement that he made was that the godfather had been managing a strip club in Vegas for years, exactly.
1: <laughs> And then I'm
2: sure the week after when they when he was wrong, he just said, Oh, plans changed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty good, Glenn. So yeah, that's where it ends. The Undertaker is back home with Paul Bearer, apparently. Um so that's interesting. And so next week will be the go-home show before the King of the Ring pay-per-view. Um, and we'll have uh, apparently a tag team match between Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, and LOD. So that should be exciting. Any other notes or anything else you wanted to say from this show, Glenn, before we get out of here?
0: Uh, no, just that that was a, a really good match. And it's a shame that they... they... They could have had the Undertaker a bit before. Yeah. The match.
2: To, Definitely
0: have, gone, should have, done it. to have gone off there at the end there with the match, at the end of the match, with Austin and uh Sean escaping the wrath of uh, the Heart Foundation. That would have been a good way to have gone off.
2: Yeah, because it almost made them winning the tag team titles feel flat. You know what I mean? It yeah. made it seem like it came off flat because they didn't get to celebrate or anything. It was just like, boom, they win the tag team titles. Boom, we're out of here onto something else. Yeah, that was it. So I'm only gonna give this show one thumbs up. I'm not gonna give it two thumbs up. It's yeah, 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 thumbs up for me as well. Because the rest, really, of it, oh, other than the main event, nothing about it was good. and no,
0: uh, Mick Foley,
2: and the Mick Foley stuff, but nothing else about it was good. No. Everything else was Pretty pretty bad to mediocre it was it was a filler to get to the main event yeah yeah definitely definitely well Glenn, who do we need to plug before we wrap this thing up here i'm booking the
0: territory with robin Dan, the first and last of wrestling um they've got a lost episode out
2: this week they go have they how did you? Yeah, notice. so they apparently they were going to do a thing where they had a bunch of different people come on to review a different match from, I think it was New Blood Rising. Uh-huh. And then they realized by the time they recorded with three people that the, the final project of the show would last 10 hours. And so <laughs> they just gave up on it. And now they're releasing it as a three parter. So.
0: All right. Yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting. Um, yep. yep. DDT Wrestling with DCA uh, Doc. Um. I've forgotten. An Andy, Bang Bang Podcast. And of course, now having finished Series 4, soon it will be putting up Series 5 of the Doctor Who Podcast with Danny and Si.
2: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you check all them out and make sure you check out Sportswire Radio and give our buddy, our pal, Thomas Bryce, a follow-on. Twitter, Instagram threads, it's Thomas Bryce 2020, it's Thomas Bryce 2017 on Twitter, on the other ones, it's 2020, and make sure you give our other podcast partner, the third member of our podcast team, the Mayor of Canton, a follow, it's at Mayor of Canton, and he does a meal with the Mayor every Wednesday where he tries fast food that is delicious or isn't delicious if you get a hamburger from fucking Arby's, um, Make sure you check out our other show, The Life and Times of I don't know shit, The Life and Times of Psycho, Sid. Episode two is out now for your reviewing and listening pleasure. And episode three will come out this Friday. And we we plugged the, uh, the the match between the skyscrapers and the ding-dongs uh, before we started putting the show out. And that will indeed take place on this week's episode. So if you want to see Sid and Dan Spivey, particularly Dan Spivey, because Sid don't even think got in the match, Whoop the living <laughs> shit out of the ding dongs. Uh, they treated their ding dongs worse than any man should. That's for sure. That's anything. Uh, <laughs> that out.
0: You don't worry. Everything was squashed like they were.
2: No, no nuts. No ding dongs ever been quite squashed like that. Um, make sure you check out the new episode of AWI Pod Worldwide too. That's out right now. And Glenn, I think that's it, right? I don't have anything else.
0: No, I don't either. So it's just a goodbye.
1: I didn't even have to ask for it. It's my life in the box in front of me. Daddy John in my arms is the soul of me. You walk by as you see me late,